0: Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. White, couple of jab steps, comes up shooting top three,
1: bam, put him in the Hall of Fame.
0: Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. What more,
1: what more y'all want me to prove, man? Levine with the runway, lays it in!
0: Host Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. It's Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep, where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Joining me now, Matt Peck. Locked On Bulls podcast, producing podcasts left and right, even in the offseason. On Twitter, at On Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. I don't have Twitter. I don't do anything like that. And
1: I love what you guys do with the show. I listen to every episode. You guys are one of the best podcasts, period.
0: Y'all keep doing what you do best. I love you guys. So kick back, relax, and get ready for the best hour of your day. It's 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 raw. You can just see the vibe. Locked on Bulls starts now. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck.
1: Okay, cool. I was hoping it wasn't one of those nuts programs. What's up and welcome into Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck, also host of Bulls Outcasts on the Hot Mike app, YouTube and Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my co-host Jordan Malley at Jordan C. Malley and you can follow us at Locked on Bulls. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked on Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports what's going on everybody uh peck checking in jordan uh had a really interesting uh crossover episode with the uh the Sacramento Kings Locked On crew uh, talking about some more trade hypotheticals that Jordan and I talked about earlier this week. Uh, and maybe some some Harrison Barnes to the Bulls action, so check that out if you haven't already. Uh, and because we only just got to, I think, one topic from Mailbag in our episode earlier this week, uh, I decided to hop back on and give you guys some more of your own content and questions. And just a reminder, that text-to-voicemail line, which is always there for you, our fellow Bulls fans, that number is 331 979 Six, nine. Drop us your texts and your voicemails. Let's start with uh, the 618 who uh, yesterday said, Fun fact Sato is shooting 51.8% from the field, 43.1% from downtown, and 91.9% for the free throw line. 50 40, 90 club. Here comes Sato. And that is from Stefan at the not uh, the six one eight. Thanks for che- checking in, Stefan. Clearly, I have found another uh, start Sado Stan. Uh, at least I'm guessing. I know Jordan and I have been talking about that a lot over the past couple of months. As the Bulls' starting unit, the young guys have really struggled, and whether or not. Just putting Sato into the starting lineup might help things a little bit uh, with with ball movement, with his court vision, with his passing ability. Because you did see the net rating numbers when Zach was sharing the floor with some of those vets like Sato, like that young um, that that they were that, that they were performing pretty well. So here we are, a few games removed from that change being made. Kobe is now coming off the bench, and Sato is starting. And I gotta say that so far, I like what I see. Uh, it's nice to not be trying to climb back from these double digit deficits in the first quarter. Um, and and maybe it is a, a worry for the long-term picture when you're talking about Kobe specifically, but you know, Jordan, I also talked about it with Wendell and him getting benched in favor of Thad. I think that there's still evaluating and, and, uh, development that can happen. And Billy Donovan spoke to this in their first game after making that switch with them playing in different roles. Uh, Personally, I like. I was a fan of Sato starting last season and I held out probably a lot longer than most when Kobe was performing really well off the bench and uh, everybody was just jumping on the bandwagon of, dude, start Kobe. He's a rookie. He's a top 10 pick. He could be a part of our future. Let the kids start. Um, and he gets one start before COVID shuts down the season. Uh, and I certainly understood the fans that wanted to get that aspect of Kobe, see what he looks like in a starting role. He's clearly excelling uh, in his reserve role. What can he do if he starts? And then this season, knowing that it was from what we heard in the onset of training camp, like this is Kobe's job. He, he can earn it. Um, but out of training camp, we're making the decision that Kobe's going to be our starting point guard. And let's see what happens. And I was fine with that. Totally fine with that because, again, this season is about evaluation. But when you saw just how mightily that starting unit was struggling, and yes, a very, very young starting unit. You've got a 19-year-old rookie, a 20, 21-year-old second-year Kobe White, 22-year-old Wendell. Yeah, they're probably going to struggle. So I was all for Billy Donovan making this change if it means that the Bulls are going to get off to better starts and play well, and maybe build a lead in the first quarter. And you can already see the ways in which having Sato on the floor and having Thad on the floor have opened up so many things for Zach Levine. Um, the way that he operates, obviously teams starting to key on him really aggressively um, defensively because he has proven that he is an all-star who can score in an elite level every night. Having the experience, the court vision, the basketball IQ of two guys like Thad and Sato has already done wonders for Zach Levine. Um, and I don't know where we go from here when it comes to Kobe. I don't necessarily think that Sato is a long-term piece like Thad Young. He has a partially guaranteed third, yield, third year um, and he is in year two of that deal. So we'll see what AK and Eversley decide to do with Sato. Um, but in the meantime... I just want the Bulls to win. Honestly, after all the horrible, shitty games we've had to watch over the past three years since the Jimmy trade, I want the Bulls to win basketball games, which, by the way, is why we're not going to even talk about that Spurs loss from the other night. No, thank you. But if starting Sato over Kobe helps this team to more wins then I am for it. And I know that there are a lot of Bulls fans who love Kobe and want to see what he can do and maybe disagree with his benching, um, if you want to call it that. And I get it. But I want want wins. Don't you want wins? (laughs) Kobe may or may not be a a long-term piece of this Bulls team. Whether you're talking about this season or next season or 10 seasons from now, I want wins. I want playoff contention, I want championships ideally. So far, I think the changes that Donovan made are helping. And maybe big picture, it makes you worry about Kobe and Wendell. But guess what? We've got new people and better people than the ones we had before to figure that out and make those decisions. So in the meantime, if starting Sato means more Bulls wins, I am for it. Entirely. Um, this next one was a series of texts from the six three zero that made me laugh um, on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday morning, before the game, check it in saying, "What do you think it would take to get uh, Brandon Ingram from the Pelicans? A core of Zach Ingram and P Dub would be a guaranteed playoff team in the East for the next few years, in my opinion." Six three zero continues. Otto in our two seconds in twenty twenty one for Ricky Rubio. Any traction there? Uh, do we need to give a more valuable piece like Lowry or Wendell for Rubio? And then <laughs> later Tuesday night, while the game was happening, the six three zero sends another text: Lowry finally dunked in all caps. Holy shit, man! But he actually s- had a typo, and it's dinked. Lowry finally dinked. And then he follows it up with one more text correcting to dunked and the face palm emoji. I, it was just a great sequence of texts from the six three zero. Appreciate you checking in. As for the Brandon Ingram question, we'll start there. Um, I love Ingram. I I would be very surprised to let the Pelicans uh, to see the Pelicans let him go. Um, I mean, what are you what are you giving away that is of close or equal value to Brandon freaking Ingram on this team? Assuming, as our texture said, a core of him, Zach, and P Dub, those Zach and P Dub players are off limits. Are you sending some collection of Kobe, Lowry, and Wendell? one of whom is on an expiring deal and they would have to sign if they wanted to keep him or are you offering draft capital and how much draft capital I mean not to offend any of those three Bulls players Lowry, Kobe or Wendell but I don't think any of them have particularly high trade value right now Lowry just came back from another injury playing okay not great Wendell Another significant injury. Missed significant time again this season. Just got benched. Kobe. Healthy, thankfully. But same same category as Wendell. I don't know if any of those pieces are enticing enough for the Pelicans to even start that conversation unless you're including multiple draft picks. So, love Ingram. I think it would be really fun to see him, Zach, and P-Dub share the floor together uh, down the road. But the conversation of, you know, what what do you need to start that conversation? You know, one of those three players and a first-round pick, a future first, I don't even know if that gets the Pelicans remotely interested. Um, And then as for the other, you know, Jordan and I have talked about how how uh, Ricky Rubio was great for Zach Levine younger, earlier in his career when he was playing with Minnesota, and that having a floor general like that could really benefit this team. Um, Otto and two-second rounders... I don't know if that gets it done for Rubio. Maybe, maybe, but I believe he still has another year on his contract after this one. So, you know, Otto being just a guy who's hurt all the time, bad back, can't play, and a couple of second rounders, it it might be in the ballpark, but I would guess that, um, that Rubio would cost a little bit more than that. Thanks for checking in. More mailbag in just a second, but first wanted to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. March Madness starts today, so get those bets in. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV if that's your thing. Real up, upta- real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to that website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and use promo code LOCKEDON to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your sportsbook experts more mailbag coming at you this one also made me laugh the 309 said Denzel's Ray Lewis impression after his third straight three made my night I think he scared some of the fans Um, yeah Jordan and I had a good laugh about that on our episode from from Wednesday um, or or Tuesday just classic Denzel man Denzel gonna Denzel he hits a couple of threes and that dude parades around like he owns the fucking stadium I guess it's nice because you just always know what you're going to get from him. He is wonderfully entertaining and not at all surprising and not a really great piece. Um, so I, I don't know what Denzel's future holds, whether or not he um, sticks around. I would guess not, um, even though that he was the one player that the new front office extended that qualifying offer to in favor of Chris Dunn and Shaq Harrison from last year's squad. And that was maybe a bit surprising to some but the fact that he hasn't really been in Donovan's rotation unless several people are hurt and or unavailable, D- D- Valentine's not getting minutes. So I can't imagine that he is a a big piece of what they are thinking long term. But it is always entertaining to see those Denzel moments where he just peacocks around the court. Um. All right, moving on. We've got a text from... Christian in Charlotte North Carolina who said I noticed Kobe squinting sometimes like he can't see clearly I've seen him wearing glasses sometimes in zoom calls maybe prescription or fashion I don't know do you think he may play a little better if he wore contacts uh Steph Curry admitted he needed glasses a few seasons ago love the pod thanks guys thanks for checking in Christian um this is interesting because I thought this about Wendell last season and then we did learn that Wendell wears contacts because like there were a couple of games and instances where like Wendell's contact lens fell out and he had to like step out of the game really quick to get his contact lens back in. But I jokingly was talking about it with my outsiders, you know, boys, Big Dave and John. I'm like, man, is Wendell blind? Because the dude can't catch a basketball. Is it because he's blind that he can't catch a basketball? Or is he just an NBA player who went top 10 in the NBA draft who can't catch a basketball? Um. And I I have also, to to Christian's point, noticed something similar with Kobe, that he does seem to be squinting at times when he's on the court. And I'm not really sure what that's about. And I also have noticed that he rocks glasses. So is he just playing without contacts or glasses? Obviously, he's not rocking Rex Specs out there. He's not rocking the Horace Grant look. Maybe he should. Great iconic look for Bulls. But I don't. I I have no way to confirm. I haven't heard anything about whether or not Kobe wears protect uh, uh, or uh, corrective lenses while he's playing. But I have noticed the squinting too. So that's pretty weird. Um, I, I mean, like you know, the Bulls have the whole like Zenny Optical sponsorship and partnership. Um, and you got the Zenny patch on the jerseys, and you see all these Bulls players, uh, you know, peddling glasses for various, you know, the Bulls website and wherever. Madhouse team store, um, but if it, I mean if it is and and Christian's other point about Steph Curry, you know having a, a laugh with the media just like last season, being like, yeah, I uh, started of wearing contacts. Um, turns out I didn't have great vision, and everybody was like, wait, timeout, holy shit, you're the best shooter in NBA history, and you were doing so with less than stellar vision. With subpar vision and no corrective lenses while you were playing? Well, that's just ridiculous. So I, I, I don't know. I, I would love to find the answer to that. I, I don't have the answer for you. All I know is that I have also noticed that Kobe squints sometimes. Um, and if it's something as simple as like, okay, Kobe, where's some contacts? And then tell your pal Wendell to catch the basketball. Because Wendell's got contacts. He should be able to catch a basketball. It's, it's a weird thing for a fan to be like, is my player blind? <laughs> is my player out there repping my team, my jersey? Can he not see what's going on in the court? Because we've had many of in-depth conversations about Kobe's abilities as a point guard, as a distributing point guard, as a run the offense, run the half court sets offense point guard. And so far through the first half of the season and as recently as Billy Donovan making this lineup change... That answer sadly appears to be nah, but Kobe's great at what he does, but the whole point guard thing, the court vision thing, it's not there. Is that because he's seeing, you know, blurry vision out there? Certainly hope not. I certainly hope that that's not the case and that it hasn't been a simple correction yet, um, but it it did, it, it has piqued my curiosity before too. So you're, you're not crazy, Christian. You know, I have noticed it as well. Moving right along, the 708 texting in saying, Porter's back spasms are gone. Do you guys notice for the first time this season that Otto actually looks to be in shape? Um, Yes. And, you know, knock on wood, let's not jinx anything. Um, Because y'all know that I was sitting here when we were gearing up for the start of the season saying, if Otto's healthy, you play that dude. Not only is he making a lot of money and should be out there earning said money but clearly was the best option as you're starting small forward given the roster the Bulls had by far and because they were so excited with what P-Dub did and some you know some training camp scrimmages and then preseason they said you know what we're gonna bring Otto off the bench P-Dub's gonna start at the three and then when Lowry went down they were like okay great we're gonna shift P-Dub to the four uh, while Otto was out, but I I have noticed that, and I think honestly I recall Stacy King mentioning something about it on one of the recent broadcasts since Otto had come back, saying that he thought Otto looked like he was in better shape, and I agreed. Like he he looks a little bit more svelte. Um, you know, it's it's not like he had you know like a like a beer gut or anything at the start of this season. He he wasn't rocking like the James Harden in the warmups pre Houston trade. Kind of out of shape look, but he did just look a little soft, a little doughy, um, and he definitely looks to be in better shape now, which is interesting because it's like what we were hearing is that he couldn't for a long time really do much of anything because of the back spasms. So he he like the conditioning came towards the very end of his recovery process, and that we were expecting to see a winded Otto Porter Jr. in his first few st- stints back. And it's not like Donovan's been playing in huge minutes, but I have noticed that he looks to be in a bit better shape. Um, So hopefully that continues. Obviously, we are getting closer and closer, one day closer to the NBA trade deadline. I haven't heard anything more other than that original um, tidbit that was from, uh, I believe it was Kevin O'Connor's NBA Power Rankings column for The Ringer mentioning something about the Bulls and Otto agreeing to a buyout and teams maybe being interested, including the Golden State Warriors. That was a couple weeks ago, and I haven't heard anything about it since. But then, you know, Jordan and I were talking the other day, and he said, you know, I've kind of even just was reading the tea leaves of some of Otto's postgame comments and remarks, and it's sounding like a guy who doesn't think he's going to be here. Not just long term, but like not for you know, another couple of weeks, like expects to be gone by the deadline. And, and I didn't necessarily um, read it the same way. I didn't pick up on that. Um, maybe it's something that Jordan picked up on and I didn't. But yeah, I we get so many Bulls fans, you know, in, you know, in our text line and interacting with us on Twitter, um, which we love and appreciate that you guys do that with us. So many people saying trade auto, trade auto, trade auto. And I'm just like, I don't really know what you can do with him what you can get for him even just the recent text um about you know could otto porter and a couple of second rounders get you ricky rubio and me saying "Eh, maybe not (laughs) i mean if you're sacrificing draft picks to get rid of otto porter jr and obviously yes in that sense getting a quality point guard like ricky like i'm bit i mean do you want to trade otto just to trade him because he's a big old expiring contract. I The only way I see the Bulls trading Otto is if it is a bigger trade where AK and Eversley find a great deal that they love and pull the trigger on something that moves not just Otto, but additional pieces. And they put him in there to balance contracts. Like they trade for a player who is also on a big S contract. And Otto isn't the enticing piece, but he's included in, in that trade we'll see what happens we've got a few days to go my educated guess and maybe I'm even being kind to myself calling it educated but my educated guess is that AK and Eversley stand pat at the trade deadline and they see if this squad can make the playoffs and then they make some big roster decisions this summer that's what I think is going to happen but I could be wrong I'm very rarely wrong but I am just ever so often thanks for checking in couple more mailbag texts before we get out of here but before those wanted to remind all of you again that today's episode is brought to you by built bar we've been telling you guys about built bar the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now built bar is the amazing low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber amazing tasting protein bar with 100 chocolate on all of their bars now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best with Built Bar Madness. We've already got some flavors that have punched their ticket to the enticing eight, including Mint Brownie, Coconut Puff, and Almond, Coconut Almond, and Cookies and Cream. I think of those four that have already reached the, the final eight, I would I I would ride or die with mint brownie. I love that flavor. I got a six-pack of it in my kitchen. Um, I told you guys, I miss Built Bars. Um, I'm traveling right now, and I can't wait to get home and continue to stuff my face with these Built Bars. They're so good. So cast your vote in this Built Bar Madness bracket. Go to BuiltBar.com or Built underscore Bar on Twitter. Remember to use that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED1515 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, let's take one more text and then get out of here for the weekend and let you all enjoy some March Madness. 606 says, I'll keep this short and sweet. If the Bulls want to stay a joke in the NBA then I think keeping Wendell Carter Jr. as our center is the best way to do that. As a Bulls fan, I've seen enough to, quote, know what we have with Wendell, and clearly he's not an all-star caliber player, just a bust of a lottery draft pick. Next, please. Woo! Shots fired from a Wendell doubter. Wow. I mean... I have certainly been frustrated by Wendell's lack of progression over the past couple of years. Some of it I clearly blame on you-know-who, who ruined Wendell last season, like ruined him. And he's still making his way back from that and trying to. Um, I wouldn't say concretely, without a doubt, like, you know, game over, next please, that Wendell can be labeled as a bust. Yes, he's a lottery pick. Number seven overall pick. Had big expectations coming from a blue chip program like Duke. And Wendell did show some flashes his rookie year. Had a couple of monster games where he was putting up, you know, close to 30 points and double digit rebounds. And you're like, wow, this kid's got potential. But again, second season, destroyed. Confidence like, mental frame of understanding what he should be doing and where he should be on the court, destroyed. Actual development of what he put work in that previous summer and offseason trying to do to get his game to the next level, negated by a quick 180 from the new coach. So, you know, I bridle I, I off a couple of pieces of context and m- you might call excuses for why Wendell is only where he is in his development. And let's again, remember injuries on top of that. I, I agree with this texture from the 606 saying like, I just don't see it with Wendell right now. Maybe this lineup change and playing against reserves instead of starters every night will help. Maybe we do at some point start to see Wendell play a bit more of the four if he stays with the Bulls and they find themselves a more traditional center, someone who's not undersized at the position like Wendell is, I, I like I, I agree with pretty much everything that our texter said there, except I I will hold off on using the word bust. Has he been underwhelming compared to expectations? Absolutely, there is no denying that. But sometimes players are late bloomers. And it's crazy that we have to remind ourselves that of this all the time when we talk about Kobe or Wendell. They're so young. Like, you know, it's, it's not that many players that are that good. And, you know, uh, as our texter said, use the phrase all-star caliber, at that age, you're, you don't see a whole lot of 21 and 22-year-old all-stars. And when you do, they're like um top 15 players in the league like Luca I mean d- d- is Wendell Luca no not even the same stratosphere but it's i think it's a little bit unfair to expect all-star player when they're still that young Wendell's in his 3rd season and he came in as a 19 year old It's, you know, as much as the league is going younger and younger and all these one-and-done lottery picks, good teams and great players are comprised... Great players on good teams are vets. Look at what LeBron James is doing for the Lakers. What is this, 17th season? Steph Curry, vet. Kevin Durant, when he was winning those chips with the Warriors, vet. James Harden, leading the Rockets, Vet. Those guys in Brooklyn now, all vets. This Bulls team is young, so young. So I know that that's more of like a you know a a zoomed out perspective of Wendell and what our expectations for him should be. But I think it's important to keep that perspective. That if you're if you're wanting Wendell to be playing at an all star caliber level. For a 22-year-old to do that is incredibly, incredibly rare. But again, I absolutely empathize with our texter who is ready to move on from Wendell Carter Jr. It has been a frustrating season of his to watch. That's it for today. That's it for the week. Appreciate everybody for listening this week and every week. Um, all day, every day. Um, it's great to see you guys saying, "Hey, Lockdown Bulls." You know, favorite part of my day. I listen to you guys while I'm on the road or wherever. Um, Jordan, I really appreciate it. So, I know things have been a little wonky recently with our scheduling um, while I've been on the road, uh, but I'll be back home in a couple of days, and uh, things will get back to normal. And we'll we'll see what the Bulls do at the trade deadline. Hopefully, they can bounce back from that terrible, terrible game against the Spurs. Which, again, not talking about. Just a reminder, again, that text to voicemail line, if you want your text spread on this show, if you want your voice, your voicemail played on this show, hit us up, 331-979-1369. We would love to hear from you, whatever is on your mind in the world of Chicago Bulls and NBA basketball. For my partner Jordan Malley, Matt Pack, saying thanks as always for listening, Bulls Nation. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back on Monday for fresh episodes. please.
0: Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com
1: Thanks a lot.